This episode is brought to you by McDonald's. Not sure you've heard of them. <laughs> Up and coming uh, little restaurant, but they're making it. They're the little engine that could. You know, the moment of bliss when you spot your fries being scooped into the carton and suddenly time slows down. I have that all the time. I love their fries. Oh, yeah. yes. McDonald's fries hit different when they're free. That's another thing I'll tell you. And when they belong to your friends, there's no better feeling than thinking you're out of fries and then you discover extra fries at the bottom of your bag or else my son still hasn't finished his fries yeah. and I'm done with mine. And uh, he used to be weaker than me so I could just take them. Yeah. Now I can't because he's stronger than me. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no wrong way to eat McDonald's fries, but we all think our way is the best way. And I like stealing them from someone else. That's my favorite <laughs> way. Get your favorite McDonald's fries today. McDonald's, check them out sometime. They're everywhere. How's your sock drawer looking? It's messy. There's a lot of single socks. Yep. I think it's time for a little spring cleaning. Oh. <laughs> Check out Bombas. Once you try a pair, you'll never look at socks the same way again. I should know. I like my Bombas. Their spring collection has new garden party socks that bring the party to your feet. My feet have never been to a party. <laughs> They've so got sad. stripes and florals and new vintagey colored rib socks. You know, when I'm wearing Bombas, I feel like my feet are being caressed okay. and cared for in a way they never have been in my life. Hmm. Get comfy this spring and give back with Bombas. Head over to bombas.com slash Conan and use code Conan for 20% off your first purchase. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash Conan and use code Conan at checkout. <laughs> My name is Moses Storm, and I feel psychotic about being your friend. I don't know how to take that. <laughs> I just mean that it's a dangerous story. When I tell people how we met mm -hmm. and how much you have done for me personally in my life, mm -hmm. it's a dangerous thing to say because I think what I have is what like stalkers are hoping for <laughs> when they follow Brie Larson to her car. Fall is here, hear the yell, back to school, ring the bell, brand new shoes, walking blues, climb the fence, books and pens. I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Yes, I can tell that we are gonna be friends. Hey there. Welcome to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend. I would be Conan O'Brien, always looking for a chum. Uh, make, <laughs> no one says chum enough anymore. That's why, why we're chill ch chums. Yeah. I know, but it should, really, it just should come back more than it has. I don't think so. Okay. Uh, I'm joined uh, by one of my my chums, one of my main hombres. Yeah. Sonam Obsession. Hi. How's it going? Hey, you know, it's okay. What do you got in your mouth? I had combos. It's the pretzels with the cheddar cheese in it. This isn't even an ad. You're, no. you know, the cheese in combos. And I, I should probably research this before I say anything. Yeah. Do you, is that cheese that's in a combo? No. I don't think so. It's no. Play-Doh. Okay. Well, it's listen. so good. I want to make sure that legally we're in the clear, but I just want to get it out there. I don't know what's in a combo, but I'd like some proof that it was uh, cheese at some point. I know you want one. Well, I just want to read what's in it. This is a combo. You all know what a combo is, ladies and gentlemen. It's a pretzel. It looks like a vertebrae. And then uh, in the center is a little a little tub of, and then in the center is a, is a cheese-like substance. Like a anyway, peanut butter in it. I'm Matt yeah. Gorley. I'm the producer. Uh, <laughs> well, Gorley, in the well, natural order of things, yeah. it's Sona, what's inside a combo, and then you introduce Matt Gorley. Okay. That's the natural order of things. I see. Okay. This is important. Uh, inside is, uh, let's see. Hydrolyzed wheat gluten, natural flavor, coloring, yellow five lake, yellow six lake, blue one lake. Those are kinds of dyes. Lake? Mm -hmm. Yeah. L-A-K-E. Lactic acid, citric acid, lactose, sodium, caseinate. So yeah, that's cheese. Oh. Mm. Oh, God. So that tastes good. like cheese. Yeah. This is an award-winning podcast. Is it? Is it though? We did that? <laughs> it is, <laughs> technically. Really? I didn't say I, it was merited. Mm. That's a combo. And you know what? It's not bad. We are not getting any money from no. the makers of combo. I don't even know who they are. Stop crinkling the package. We're trying to- I'm matter? sorry. I'm trying to figure out who makes combos and they might be their own thing. That's very cool. Oh, you think it's just a factory somewhere that says combo? Yeah. 
No, they've got to be owned by a, some massive concern. It, it doesn't say anything. is a frequent. Hold on a second. I freaking love combos. Yeah, hold on a second. Why are we making this all about combos? I this is know. how random things are. Just because you came in here munching on combos. Yeah. Uh, we're well, talking about scripted. combos. <laughs> yeah, this is, you can tell. It's just, people listening are like, this is too funny. Be, no, it's not funny at all. It's awful. This is, what an awful opening. You're going to have another combo. I know that. No, 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 no. I'm looking at it. I'm trying to see. You're right. There's, it doesn't say Nestle on it. No, it oh doesn't. God. It doesn't say, oh uh, yeah. Freewheeling oh combos. God, right. Please. By themselves. They're oh, here, autonomous. Shoot. It's by the makers of Chevrolet. Jesus. Um, I used to eat these a lot when I was This might be high. too awful an opening. I think this su opening sucks. Let's do another one. Are okay. you being serious? Sure. Why? I think the bad ones are also still, still fun. Nah. I also, I think you're underestimating the popularity of combos. I think people are going to really love this. I think Matt. you're overestimating the other segments we do on this show that you might <laughs> compare this to. Okay. Well, I maintain this feels terrible to me. Okay. Uh -huh. Now, uh, look, I like combos. I have nothing against combos, but um, all we've done is talk about combos. And now I feel like I'm in a almost a whirlpool where I keep saying combo. Yeah. <laughs> I can't stop talking about name. it because you've introduced it. Listen, I didn't mean to deride that snack uh, and, and question whether it's real cheese on the inside. I think that was rash on my part. Yes. But I'm certain that's not cheese. <laughs> <laughs> Well, at least That's, we got to the bottom of something. That's worth is, something. Is everything you eat real? Oh, come on. Come on. No, it's not. Well, Sona, I do hope you're eating healthy now that you're a mom. Ugh. You're and I, you're still, uh, you're breastfeeding. That's not too personal, is it? Uh, it's not. I pumped before we started right. recording. So whatever you eat goes to the twins. It does. So if you're eating a combo yeah. and it's filled with lactin guyathlate number five, dye number seven, that's going to your twins, Mikey and Charlie. Yeah, it is. Wow. And then you wonder, why do they glow at night? <laughs> Why are they so easy to see in the fog? <laughs> I mean, is everything that I'm going to eat going to be healthy? It's I, got to be. Yes, come you are on. feeding these these lovely little twins. Yeah. They're six months old, and you're creating the you're providing the building blocks. I know, but I can't. I can't eat. I love them, but I can't eat healthy for them. Mm. You eat pretty healthy. I you know I need a snack every once in right. a while. Everyone does. That's not the problem. But most of the time, aren't you eating healthy stuff? I am actually. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'm yeah. I'm What's doing okay. the worst thing you were gonna eat today besides the combos? McDonald's. Oh, oh, oh my lord. Yeah, wow. Really? Yeah. Every once in a while I like need it. Do you yeah. get the shakes? Like, again, that would happen when I would get high back in the day. Either McDonald's or Taco Bell, and it would be like two in the morning. I'd be like, I gotta get a burger. And Do you then I would before the live show, Sona, we had time to kill and you went, I'm going to McDonald's, what do you want? And you just yeah. went on a McDonald's mission. I did. I know. Do you think what? Taco Bell will ever just come out with an ad that says, Taco Bell, it's the best when you're high? Would they ever do that? They, they should. should. Yeah. They should, right? Yeah. It is. Is it? Once I went to Taco Bell and I was like, I want 50 tacos. And they didn't even, they did. They were just like, okay, do you need hot sauce? I don't know if I've mentioned that. I feel like I have, but I, I just- so. don't worry, I've never heard this before. So yeah, my, friend, my friends and I, we were high. We went to the Taco Bell. We're like, Can we have 50 tacos. And we were like, oh my God, it's going to take hours for them to make it. It They did not at all react. They were like, sure, no problem. What kind of hot sauce do you want? And we're like, this high, uh, hot sauce, whatever. And then we got to the window and they handed us a carton made for high people that had <sighs> 50 tacos in it. Oh, right. So heaven. at some corporate level, they've accepted that yeah. a huge number of the people going to Taco Bell are high yeah. and that they will cater to them. They just can't say it in their advertising. Yeah. It's like those shower massagers that are clearly not for anything other than really massaging. You know what I'm saying? No, I don't what? know what you're saying. What you you know what, what I'm are you talking, talking about? about? Come on. You know what, what I'm talking about. No what have you used your shower massage I'm not. For? I don't have one. I'm just saying you, they're, they're sold in like a CVS with the kind of like bulbous end. And it's like, oh yeah, relax your muscles in the shower. But what we really know is going on there is hello. No, you're the, yeah. wait, what are you talking no about? no idea what you're what are you talking, talking about. about? No you idea. You know what, girl? You probably look at everything like that. You're like, oh, we all know what those traffic cones are really for. Well, come on. Look what? at the microphones we're talking into. We know what's really going on here. You look at everything that way. Oh, look at that weather stripping. Oh boy. Oh, don't get me started. Oh, I Come could have on. a good time with that. Uh, I gotta, I don't want to tube in you. Yeah. I'm going to say that a uh, iconic actress, I was once having a party at my home, an iconic actress 
was there. I cannot say the name, but an iconic superstar actress was there and she asked us a quick for a quick tour of the house and I was showing her the house and then I showed her my wife's closet and there was some sh- a bunch of shoes on the uh, you know on a, like a rack and she went oh the, with these shoes oh, I bet you and your wife have a pretty good time with these high heels oh my <laughs> god <laughs> to this day I don't know what she's talking about <laughs> oh my god uh, I, I don't do. know does she I mean do. I'm wearing them and she's wearing or am I taking the heel of a shoe and shoving it into my <gasps> no what am I stop, doing stop don't even finish whatever well, you're about to say I don't know what she say. meant <laughs> She meant she wears them and then she's like sexy time for you. No, she meant the two of us doing something with the shoes and it meant both of us. Oh. And I cannot name the actress. I just can't. Oh, Can you mouth but you it will, so we You will after. I know. No, because then you're going to say, oh, he just mouthed Sally Fields and oh. we all know- is that who it was? No, it was not. Uh, but I gave I sure had you going there for a second. It uh, was not, but everything I've told you is true. Anyway, that's my story and I'm sticking well, to it. That actress has had a heel shoved up her vagina for sure. <laughs> Don't to, say for starters. That. Oh, I'm sorry, you guys are being subtle. I'm saying it as it is. It's that's is that what you meant? I don't mean anything. Like Gorley's a, the one that can look at anything and immediately see an erotic adventure. By the way, can CBS. I see one of those combos? I'm getting turned on. Yeah, yeah. Gorley sees a combo and he's like, oh yeah. Hello. They say it's a pretzel snack with cheese in it, but we all know what it's really for. We're <laughs> on a section of the dark web that gives the real purposes yeah. for everyday things. We but I hear moaning from Gorley's office. I kick the door down. He's in there with combos all over his nipples. <laughs> <gasps> it's not even real cheese. The rap site came up oh, right as you said that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he wants right, to guys, wrap it up. Guys, 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 we have a lot of show today. A lot of show. Uh, so let's just stick with that mental image. Uh, Gourley uh, having explosive orgasms covered oh, come in pretzel on. combos. That's there you just, go. You've gone too far. <laughs> or not far enough. Ooh. All right. Well, I'm uh, very happy. My guest today is a hilarious comedian uh, who has performed stand-up on my show, and he actually toured with me uh, in 2018. Uh, we had a blast uh, performing on the road together. Uh, he was delightfully funny every single night. His new comedy special, Trash White, is available now on HBO Max. I am very happy that he's here with us today. He's a very funny guy, very talented, and a good friend. Moses Storm, welcome. Let's preface this uh, by saying uh, I'm delighted to be your friend because I will just let the uh, let the crowd in. Um, I met you a couple of years ago, really uh, at Comic Con, when you did just terrific, terrific work for me, and then uh, I did a tour with a bunch of stand-ups, uh, young folk, whippersnappers. And you were kind enough to join me on that. <laughs> Again, my favorite thing in comedy is when you find people that are really funny in a genuine, creative way and have an authentic voice, but they're also very nice people. And um, you checked every box and we had a really good time hanging out together. Uh, and then the tour was over. And I remembered I had my lawyer go to you and say, that's it. You don't see Conan again. Right. But he didn't just come to me. He pulled in front of my car. Yeah. That's how we do it. <laughs> yeah. It, it, was, it was pretty hostile. Yeah. And it's a, it's an, a blacked out, uh, murdered out Hummer. Um, and, and it says Conan's lawyer on the side and, and, and but basically what, cause sometimes I make, I make friends with comics, but then I want them to know and talented people, look, that's it. It's over now. You're not to make eye contact with him again. Yeah, you know? and they're like, "What? Who? What was that?" Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. And you seemed you were rattled, but you finally you know, like, <laughs> I was rattled because it was so it was so tinted that the driver he couldn't even see out the windshield. He had to put his head out because it was double tinted. Yeah, and sides. also it made me realize I don't really need a lawyer in there. It no. just needs to be a Hummer that says Conan's lawyer, and and then the guy can just be intimidating. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, we uh we got along okay. so well, and of course you became uh one of the favorites. You were on my late night show a bunch. And then um, we were very excited because uh, we said, hey, let's 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 produce a comedy special with Moses that you wrote and co-directed. I mean, you did everything. I think you built the cameras for it. And- um, Yeah, and it shows, they are yeah. all out of focus. Yeah, he ground the lenses for it. <laughs> and um, your special, and again, I have to say this is a, 
you, uh, I am involved in this special and, and, and my team is involved in this special. It's called Trash White and it just dropped on HBO Max. I absolutely love it. I love the special. And so I was really glad that some of my favorite things were in there. And then there's so much in this special that I had not heard before. And it's really, really funny and you perform it brilliantly. And, um, but at the same time, it's also completely 100% true. It is your <laughs> yeah. life story. And um, it's complicated because I know your life story and I find myself laughing so hard at the special. But at the same time, what you're talking about is a child <laughs> being raised in abject poverty uh, dumpster diving for food, living in a bus, and uh, you talk about it without any self-pity, but you describe so well what it's like to grow up in conditions like that, and you get so many hard laughs, but at the same time, there's a lot of empathy, there's a lot of pathos. I don't know, I, I think it's fantastic, and I think it's of the moment. Let's get into it, let's talk about, let's talk about Okay. What it was like for you to tell this story and kill. Yeah. <laughs> it's really yeah. funny. <laughs> well, one of them you are responsible for. Uh, I think the, the video bit uh, from, the, uh, from uh, America's Funniest Home Videos yeah. was something I wasn't going to put in or was going to cut or sometimes documentary footage in a stand-up special feels like you're cheating. You're right. you're bringing people in. You're, what you're supposed to do on stage is build intimacy just through the the spoken word. And if you show doc footage, you're kind of cheating. Yeah, that was something I I debated putting in because it's also my siblings' faces and it's my mom's voice and it's uh, at the end of the day, it is something that's painful for me. I I've edited stuff that out of that that is uh, I don't think my siblings would want out there. Right. But I think if you're watching it, you can tell what those things are. And let me quickly let me quickly explain. Uh, there's a couple of things that are powerful about it. First of all, you're talking about America's Funniest Home Videos, and you taped this special a couple of months ago, and you referenced Bob Saget, who passed just passed away shockingly. But uh, you're not referencing him in a mean way at all. You're just referencing his show. But what you're doing, and I just want to explain to people, is you're basically showing, you're telling the story of how your mother heard that you could make money if you submitted, you could make $10,000 if you won on America's Funniest Home Video. So she tried to manufacture one using you and your siblings. And you see, I, I must be 80 takes yeah. of her trying to get this thing right. And the thing is, it is one of the funnier things I've seen and it's in the special and you show the different takes and you break down how your mom tried to, tried to scam America's Funny Some <laughs> yes. Videos. The thing is, um, yes, your mom is trying to make money with this scam video and she's using her children. It's so double-edged, but at the same time, it is hilarious how you and your brothers and sisters are getting it wrong and screwing up the takes because <laughs> you don't understand how to flub something on purpose. And you watch this whole thing unfold and it's kind of brilliant. Um, it makes me, you know, the first question I'm sure a lot of people ask you is, how's your mom feel about yeah. this being shown? Is uh, she cool with it? Uh, yeah. One, yes. The video was so funny that I knew it had to be in there. I was nervous about showing it, but I think talking to you on the tour, you're like, no, you have to do that. You right. have to do that. And lean into that. So that's why it's in the special. Is is take a lot of stock in what you say. So I was like, okay. So she aggressively tried to get us on the show to the point where it was it was a job. There's other bits that uh, that I have on tape right. that are uh, maybe a little more unsafe. One where her skirt is attached to uh, a truck and she's holding my younger sister, and then the skirt gets ripped off. Uh, where she's faking another one? Yeah. Yeah. yeah so it's a moving another... car is caught, and then, yeah, but you're right. holding a baby and it's a truck. But that one seemed a little too heavy. Um, but uh, yes, that is something I was very worried about is yeah. that uh, it's great for me that I can monetize my pain and transmute it into something. But what I'm doing is I'm, I'm bringing people in that did not sign up to right. be performers, they right. don't want a, a public life. Sometimes my older brother will call me, not saying like, why are you doing this? It's like, why are you sometimes sugarcoating things? Why are you not saying the harder things? And I'm, and it's the end of the day, it's like I'm not talented enough yet as a comedian to pull those things off. Well, let's talk about, because I want to make sure we tell this story correctly. Take us back, uh, how, you're one of how many? It's a big family. 
Uh, one of five kids. Okay. Uh, very religious parents, and uh, for for most of my life, we were we were in a bus. They they got a bus because they were going to be missionaries for a religion that they helped make up. Yeah. I'll say cult, but cult has got this new weighted definition because of Netflix documentaries and podcasts where everyone is expecting something that uh, has a national trial or is successful. I don't think we ever had an episode two. Right, right. Like, like most, <laughs> most cult shows, they have that episode. It's like, I was I was sleeping better. We were doing yoga every day. And then they turn and then the dread note plays. We never even got to that point. There's no cliffhanger at all. Every Netflix documentary about a cult, you see at some point that people are profiting wildly from it. Yeah. At some point, someone, suddenly someone has- Wait, that's you, Moses. Yeah. A Rolls Royce eventually. <laughs> a Rolls, yeah. No, no, but it's the I long- I myself Bagwan now. And yeah, I roll up in a roll. It's the long con, but the it's it sounded very much like your your parents helped invent a cult that was completely unprofitable. <laughs> yes, um, and um, and then you you describe this a little bit in the special, but the bus they're driving around in. Let's be clear, this isn't this isn't some cute fun. Oh, we took a VW bus and um, we put we put about fifty thousand dollars into it. No, <laughs> yeah. this is not the bus you're talking about that has like a cool fold out this and it's for sale on eBay. Yeah. This is not that bus, right? This is not the Etsy version of a bus. It's not <laughs> loving care. The first thing they got. So one, this is scary. The bus was uh, was free. They they traded a bunch of junk from their from the backyard of a house that we were renting, just a bunch of old stuff. Right. And I, when I pressed my mom about it, I was like, "What do you mean?" She goes, "Oh, it was the '90s, so everyone was trading." What? <laughs> like that was an answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's how I got my first house. Is you traded? Yeah, a I had three house. bags. I had three bags of what I said were magic beans, and uh, I got a house. Yeah. Trading <laughs> and traded up. So this guy was trying to get rid of a bus really fast, which is scary. Um, and yeah, so he was just like, yeah, yeah, take it, take it. So it's like, what did he do? And why is the bumper dented? <laughs> And uh, and then they why is there a sneaker and blood in the grill? <laughs> is there a little girl's bike in the wheel well? <laughs> Police tape. Uh, don't worry about that. Uh, just uh, tarp it. Every time you park it, just tarp the bus. No. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they didn't insulate it, and we were living in Finley, Ohio, at the time. So oh. they, my parents took the summer to convert the bus. They just parked it in our driveway, and we were about to be evicted because we we couldn't pay rent in the house. So then there's no tutorial videos, nothing you can really look up. So I, my dad would just like go up to people at, at a construction site and just like chat them up for for tips. And uh, it shows it's exactly like the kind of thing you could build if you just chatted up someone. It's like not a very good MacGyver, but he has decent <laughs> yeah. people skills. Yeah. And he's just chatting with people randomly. And so with duct tape and tons of bullshit, Gets this bus moving. Gets this bus. I don't think we ever had fully working plumbing. Uh, the closest we got is we had a toilet that was on a platform with no door. So oh. if if you were to if you were to do a number two, you'd have to be on like a little stage almost. Oh my yeah. god! Which is, by yeah. the way, the only way I can go. <laughs> we found that I, out from the uh, tour. Yeah. yeah, I need to gather. Uh, people around me. Yeah. <laughs> I need applause. Look at me. <laughs> I need applause at the finish. Uh, That's when I got brought into the inner circle as I had to look at you yeah. on a little platform. Look me in the <laughs> eye, yeah. Moses. Um, um, and then normally you say you have something that's called a, a black tank that you the, every all the excrement goes into and then you dump it at, at campgrounds. Uh, we didn't have that. It was essentially just a bin, just like a, if you went to Target and you just put a bin under there. Yeah, criminal. criminal. Yeah, it's, it's a crime. <laughs> So mostly we would just use campground bathrooms. But uh, if you had to go, uh, which one night I did, that you had to go in essentially a bin that was on a platform uh, with the uh, illusion of a toilet over it. You know, it's only a matter of time until your check engine light comes on, which could equal an expensive repair bill, and a new engine can cost up to $6,000. Don't I know it. But this is why you need this product I'm about to mention right now. Okay. CarShield. Mm. CarShield offers plans with low monthly rates that you can pay for your expensive repairs on your out-of-warranty car, truck, or SUV. It's so nice to have that protection of CarShield. I know. I believe. That's my belief. 
Some people have other beliefs, maybe religious beliefs. I think Car Shield. Car Shield plans provide protection on up to 5,000 major parts and systems, including items like transmission, mm. engine, even your entertainment system. Mm. Just call Car Shield and choose the mechanic to do the work. Car Shield administrators will handle the rest and save you money. Look, I saw your car today. You've got a beautiful car, but you've got to haul your family around in this yeah. car. This is a vital piece of machinery for you. You need Car Shield. I do. And you know, I you know I don't take care of my cars very well. So Car Shield it would definitely come in. You know, and also with their A rating from the BBB, don't ask me, Car Shield is the name you can trust to save you money on covered auto repairs. Now's the time to make the smart choice and protect yourself from the sky high auto repair bills. Visit carshield.com slash Conan. Save 20% today. Again, that's carshield.com slash Conan to save 20%. Visit carshield.com slash Conan to lock in your price today. Valvoline Instant Oil Change is the quick, easy, trusted place for your next oil change. Valvoline's convenient, no appointment needed. You can even stay in your car while they do the work. You don't have to sit in some waiting room, you know? Like mm -hmm. They're friendly, certified technicians have over 270 hours of training. And they get you in and out fast while performing a thorough free 18-point maintenance check with your oil change. We got someone here who just experienced this, our own Aaron Blair. Blair, well, how was it? It was awesome. I took my Jeep uh, jock jams in and got a sweet oil change. And, uh, and I actually brought a book because I thought it would take a while. And uh, they had me in and out in like 15 minutes. It was awesome. Well, also, you should point out, you can't read. I can't, so. But I wanted people to <laughs> you, think I could. Yeah, but I mean, uh, come on. Yeah, maybe somebody hot is there. And they're literate. like, oh, what are you reading? I'm like, oh, and then, then you know, now I've, I'm, I got a date. Yeah, yeah, I don't but, think that's, uh, that's not how people meet each other. Didn't, didn't have time for that. Yeah, so if you see Blade driving around in his beautifully oiled jock jams, <laughs> give him the old thumbs up. <laughs> or throw a tangerine at him. <laughs> Anyway, uh, Valvoline, they're doing it right. Visit valvoline.com slash Conan for an exclusive offer towards your next oil change. On the way in today, Sona, I was thinking about just how much has changed over the years. Yeah. You know, when I was a kid, we were all dancing the jitterbug and the Watusi. And then you grow up now and there's mosh pits and everything's gone cuckoo. There's this new thing called rap. I don't know what's happening anymore. But guess what? In a world full of change, there's one thing that hasn't changed. Mm -hmm. The great taste of Miller Lite. Are you with me on oh, this? Oh, yeah. I'm right there with you. Yeah. And you know, another thing that hasn't changed is that it's less Filling. Yeah. I hate a filling beer. When I have a filling beer, I just want to sit down in a beanbag chair for six days, but not yeah. with Miller Lite. So what's the best thing about the original light beer? Mm -hmm. Back in 1975, the big debate in America was what's more important, that it it's less filling, Miller Lite, or it tastes great. Yeah. The cool thing is when we all realized it's both. Okay. It's less filling and it tastes great. Yeah, all right. Everybody wins. Everybody wins. Miller Lite keeps it simple. Undebatable quality. Great taste. Only 96 calories. You don't have to choose what's best. Miller Lite has great taste and it's less filling. Tastes like Miller time. To get Miller Lite delivered right to your door, visit MillerLite.com slash Conan. Or you can find it pretty much anywhere that sells beer. Yeah. Celebrate responsibly. Miller Brewing Company, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. 96 calories per 12 ounces. Fewer cows and carbs than premium regular beer. brother uh you know some people would think that's not true you can't get a vehicle for free my brother neil for um proved to me many times he would go out and then come home with a car that he got for free because people want to get rid of their cars and he would go there and the car wouldn't really work but he knew it just needed a spark plug and he'd get it running and then they would say just get it out of here and one of his ploys with the car was the car would be selling for $50. Yeah. Literally $50 to just get this out of my yard. And he would show up. They would say, um, all right, just please get it out of here. Where's your 50? And my brother, my brother Neil would reach in his pockets and go, oh my God, I didn't bring, I forgot. I forgot to bring the money. And then they'd say, just get it the fuck out of here. I don't care. And my brother Neil would drive this thing home and then do very little to fix it up. 
practically nothing and just tool around Boston in it. <laughs> but I can't believe that worked. It's well, just like, I don't have I'll, the money on yeah, me. It's like, go yeah. get it. Well, then. because they wanted it gone. And I remember going with him once and I didn't know that this was his thing. And um, the person said, uh, all right, just just please just get this piece of shit out of here. Um, where's my $40? Yeah. And Neil said, I don't have it. And I was with my brother Neil and I said, well, I've got $40. Oh. Oh, and you blew the oh. my brother Neil gave me this look, like like I'll take care of you later. So I handed the people the forty dollars, and I said, "You can pay me back when we get home." We got in the car, and he's like, "I am not paying you back." Oh. You fuck that. You yeah, fuck that up. I'm on his side. You blew the grip. <laughs> I was such an idiot. I'm like, forty dollars. Well, yeah. I've got that. Yeah, and in fact, you have. A, I think you have. You have two hundred dollars in the glove compartment. I have much more. Yeah. Why this car looks like it's worth a lot more than that? Wait a minute, that's an old Bugatti. According hey. to my Kelly Blue book, yeah. you could get so much more for this. So, um, but uh, I, I never saw the photo, but you did talk on tour about how when you were um, a child, you looked, or a young teenager, you looked very much like a really cute girl. Yeah. And I kind of thought, well, most comics exaggerate. You put this picture up in the special and I swear that is a very kind and nice and good looking 12 year old yes. girl. And we've all been self-deprecating. <laughs> I've, no girl looks more like a girl than the photo you put up. Yes, that is <laughs> so insane. fair. It's insane, it is insane. So here's what I couldn't legally say on the special. That photo shoot was free because at the end of the shoot, the woman that took those photos said, oh my God, the boys are gonna go crazy for you. And I was like, what? And my mom got furious, like, he's a boy, he's obviously a boy. You make him do all those poses? Because there's poses where I'm like, I got like, like you got your hand on your hip. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. So she felt so bad. She was immediately flush red that uh, that photo shoot. She's like, I'm so sorry about that. You know, just, let's just take these photos. Just uh, my gift to you. I'm so sorry about that. And you are a boy. And that even hurt worse is like how much she had to stop down to take care of me. <laughs> there's nothing worse than someone going, and by the way, you are a boy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do believe you now. Because I was. I was a, a a beautiful girl. If I could be, you are. That's the problem. First of all, I, you're you're a very attractive fellow, and I've told you that many times. You're one of the few men I've met who was born uh, wearing eyeliner. Uh, yeah. You're. you're uh, <laughs> but um, but as a as a girl, you are stunning. <laughs> Um, yeah. Really stunning. <laughs> a little heartbreak. Every time I get nervous, I would lick my lips too, so my lips were always shiny. And I'd be at the skate park with my brothers. And also, would, whenever you got nervous, you'd put on a plaid skirt. <laughs> <laughs> it's the thing I do when I get nervous. I want to glitter under the eyes. I'm sorry, some, the nerves, it curbs the nerves. Yeah. Uh, so I'd be at the skate park and I would do a, a trick with, and people like, yeah, girl skater, let's go. Oh, man. Which hurts because it's a compliment, and, but it's like, but no. Uh, I got asked out one because I guess Moses Storm is an insane enough name where it's not like I'm Brad. Uh, where someone, I guess, could, if you look like that and your name's a little unusual, then it's possible well, you're Moses a girl. Moses so is got, the like, ultimate father. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, but it doesn't scream masculinity yeah. to yeah. me. Yeah, and Matt, there's a lot of people out there who don't read the Old Testament. Right. Yeah. And, and don't watch the Ten Commandments. Okay. Well, well I'm reading it now. Sorry, go yeah, on. Yeah, I know. I know. I could see you. We're on Zoom. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I could see people thinking, oh, that's some cool name. Yeah. I uh, also, someone uh, who was given a strange name, and I feel, or an unusual name, a name you didn't hear, Moses Storm does sound made up. Yeah, it's too many unusuals. I think a good <laughs> name is like Conan O'Brien because the, the last name is, is very common. Right. So I think two unusual names together, it's the double negative where uh -huh. it's just like, oh, this is bullshit. This is, this is a guy who's about to do, I was in San Francisco and when you're not famous, they put your, your photo up outside the marquee and your name. And I was just walking in for the night and I uh, overheard this couple that was just like looking for something to do. Like, let's see what's happening at the comedy club. And the girl is a little drunk. She's like, what is a Moses storm? <laughs> and then her boyfriend, with, I, you know, at a hundred percent confidence, he goes, uh, 
Yeah, I know him. I don't think I'm in the mood to see magic tonight. (laughs) (laughs) The perfect delivery of just honest, drunk people. Yeah. And I don't think they put two and two together, but they did turn around and I was just right there. Right. Wearing the same shirt from the photo. And a magician's hat. <laughs> and a magician's hat. That's on me. That doesn't help my case. It's like, I don't want to see him. You turn around, and now you see me. It does sound like a drink, too. Yeah, it cocktail. does sound like yeah. a very, I'll have a Moses Storm, you know? Right. Like it's, uh, uh, Dana Carvey does a bit where he's Johnny Carson, uh, mm. who's being, has been pulled over <laughs> for- Slippery nipple. For, yeah, exactly. And it's like, oh, sure, I was, at the, I was at the Rusty Skipper having a slippery monkey, you know? And <laughs> it's so, but a Moses Storm yeah. sounds like something As, like, I'll have a gin and tonic, and for the lady okay, she'll have the Moses storm it does sound yeah, like a drink yeah it's like Hennessy with a splash of milk for the storm <laughs> yeah yeah and stomach a- turner <laughs> yeah you immediately have to lay down just just the top oh of a God. pineapple not even the edible part the part that hurts and you have to swallow it the wrong way spikes out <laughs> um you know it's funny uh because you talk too in the special which is something I didn't realizes uh, you talk about dyslexia, mm-hmm. how you grew up in this incredibly impoverished situation where you, in, in you're telling, where you're the lookout while your family dumpster dives for food. And you tell this hilarious swimming pool story. I mean, so many of these stories are, you'd think they're, this can't be true, but they are all completely true. Mm-hmm. Um, you also talk about, um, dyslexia and I had this realization, which is at the end of the tour, I had this guitar that I just futzed around with backstage and didn't really use it on stage at all. It was just for backstage to keep my fingers busy. Um, and at the end of the tour, I asked all of you guys to- Oh uh, no. All the, I, I, no, it's really interesting. I asked all the comics uh, to to sign it. Uh, all the men and women who had been on the tour to sign it. And so everybody signed it. And I think you were one of the last people and I handed it to you and everyone else just sort of signed it in front of me. And you spent a long time sort of thinking about it. And, you know, I knew you had talked to me about how you struggled struggled with dyslexia. And yeah, I, I, I was just, I honestly had a pit in my stomach. I thought I had misspelled something on your, that was my first thought when you brought that up. Only Conan. Yeah, you know, I didn't know that was a, a K. Everything else was like this perfect, <laughs> Yeah, I can't thank you enough for this wonderful opportunity. Everything is, yeah. and you, you're like beautiful and, and, and the handwriting is beautiful. And, um, but yeah, K-U-N. K-U-N. How many ampersands are in your name. <laughs> and then there's no. <laughs> uh, but I remember like when MySpace first came out or Facebook came out, I yeah. would be messaging girls and and then reading it back. And it's just all it's if you get an email from me now, it's gotten better with software, but it's like English is, is probably my third or fourth <laughs> language. Right. It is. How are you? And of doing of good. It's, uh, yeah, you, you just can't see it because I'm dyslexic and dysgraphic. And there's a lot of programs that help people out. What is dysgraphic? Dysgraphic is the order of things. Okay. So even if you were to write down a math problem, you could get that wrong because it's it's the way that if you told me numbers right now and I went to write it down, it's the disconnect between my brain and the, the physical part of writing it down. Right. That could be corrected in school. But when I say I was homeschooled, we weren't, that's generous. We weren't even schooled. There was (laughs) no school. There was no real curriculum. Even when I got those homeschool tapes, it was just an excuse to uh, record your show, which also sounds like a lie. But uh, that's what that was. You actually, you proved that. You showed that to me, which is you had homeschool tapes that were supposed to There's a heavy Christian slant. They do science with a real wink and like, oh, we got him. (laughs) It's such the most begrudging science you've ever heard in your life. The photosynthesis, like, yes, this is a theory. It's taught like how how they talk about QAnon and CNN. So this is what they believe. So they um, believe the earth revolves around the sun. Uh, yeah. Cuckoo, cuckoo, cuckoo. Um, but so no school. I think my old two older siblings, there was a, maybe a little effort that went into it. They, they, my mom would like put down a textbook and say like, hey, do that. But by the time you get five kids in, no, there was no incentive. And the whole purpose of the religion is like God's going to end the world in 46 minutes. So why would you learn what a gerund phrase is? Right. What's the point? Right. It's all over. So uh, yes, eventually I was able to convince my mom to get us tapes 
which is a homeschool program that's run out of Pensacola, Florida, that's uh, Christian. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I did that so I could get a TV and VCR in my room and record your show. Yeah, and you actually showed me, I guess they, they found, they busted yeah. you, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, because I'm a child, so I don't think about the whole uh, repercussions of recording over the tapes. I, in my head, it's just like this giant company. But So I would, uh, what I would do is when your show would come on, uh, because we ha- had a signal, no cable, put a tape in and press record and turn the TV off and just hope that I didn't mess it up. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I did. And it would, just be, it would just be like Jay Leno would be like, all right, that's Bush. And then it would cut out. <laughs> and I would just, oh. And then no, the he's next- actually, that, he actually was doing that for the Pensacola homeschool. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> yeah, $30. $30 in it. So like, oh, hey, hello there. <laughs> like, yeah. So anyway, they say the earth revolves around the sun. We all know that. Wait, that's my new favorite. Carries QAnon, Jay Leno. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so we, I made a book, you know. So, celebrity uh, feet and baby. <laughs> uh, so, so then when it was a very hostile experience watching your show, because when I would watch it back, I would uh, I would be hovering over the TV, never laying down and watching right. it at a moment's notice because I shared a room with my my two brothers or Hole and Bus. And uh, so anytime they came in, I would have to change it really fast and turn it off. Like, oh, that tape just ended. So anytime I'd watch your show, I'd be in a full crouch uh, over just hovering at a moment's notice, ready to turn it off. So every second meant so much. (laughs) Uh, But you showed me one. It was really funny because it's this woman and she's teaching a class, you know, and all of a sudden you see, (laughs) and then it's. Me and I think, uh, yeah, I don't know, 1997. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think the bit was, um, that it cut out was, uh, was uh, uh, Lincoln. Mm-hmm. It was like, uh, yeah, dominatrix Lincoln. But yeah, so the, yeah, the woman's t- teaching her begrudging science <laughs> class. And, um, and she was very impressed by herself. That was another funny thing that was on the tape. Is that she, anytime she would do a very gentle science experiment of like just make vapor in a right. room, she would always give a face like, <laughs> nailed it. Nailed it. And then um, I just dropped Alka Seltzer into a water, yeah. into water, and look what I did. <laughs> yeah, like like it was witchcraft. We, those tapes would cut out. And then, so I sent the tapes back. It's a subscrip- subscription <laughs> model. They sent you tapes. And uh, it was just your. And you've got show. me doing Dominatrix oh Lincoln. Yeah. Cut into this tape. <laughs> <laughs> so there's people that's like, your show meant a lot to me. It's, you are, in my head, oh my all God. of TV. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, Bob Saget was the richest person in the world in my yeah, head as a right. kid. He was just passing out ten grand. That was our ticket out. And then you were show business. Everything I found out about movies, <laughs> references I know today, was through your lens. Oh wow! This yeah. really is an impoverished childhood. This is <laughs> who knows the true meaning of poverty. Poverty means you learn everything from Conan's show. Yeah. Um, you know it's funny because. Um, you have uh, one of the the slogans that you bring up, and again, you, the, the special explains it all really well. But you talk in your special about how crazy beats scary. I'm sort of yeah paraphrasing it a little. No, bit. but that is that's fair. And in a real way, did come around to forgiveness just in setting up the show. Right. I think I, I one I can't watch the special. I can't watch any early stuff because it just seems like someone that's very angry still uh, lashing out. But in setting up a full one-hour show, when you gave me that opportunity, I think it was 2019, Mm -hmm. uh, from there, just having to write full characters where it's not just a villain that's that's being a dick in a vacuum for Mm -hmm. no reason, and you start to write, and so I started to write towards my mom trying to dig of why these things happened. And then inadvertently came around to absolute forgiveness, where I was like, oh, yeah, okay, I get what she was going through as I make my own mistakes as an adult. That's not saying that what she did was right or anyone should do that or that was okay, but it is uh, genuine forgiveness came from selfishly just trying to make a full show. Yeah. Uh, So that was was huge. Uh, To answer your first question about how she felt about it, I was worried about that. So what I did because I edited the special, I had control of the footage, is I, I did a personal screening for her because I, I don't want you to be embarrassed ever 
and you because you feel like the whole world's seeing it and yeah, you have yeah. no control. So before it ever aired, uh, I was very busy, but took a day out to just go see her and explain what this meant to me, what this story's about, and uh, and then screened it for just her. And and she loved it. She loved it. Yeah, it was it was vindication for her because it's not someone that's angry, and that took just age. That took talking to you. Uh, in Denver, I don't know if you remember, we had a very important conversation that was uh, changed a good portion of my life about just self-worth and yeah. selling myself short on stage uh, as, as a defense mechanism. Right. To be like, I'll make fun of me before you could ever make fun of me. That way, if you don't like me, I'm smarter than you because I already said that I'm a piece of shit. That was my defense mechanism for a long time, which is um, I'll get out in front of everybody and make fun of me before you get a chance to, which is one of the oldest tricks in the book. And um, then you get really good at it and it works. And that becomes problematic because if you get really good at it and people like it and you realize you're completely selling yourself short and eventually kind of just lying about yourself. I have never been more embarrassed and more exposed than that show. So we were doing a show in Denver and it was a huge crowd and I – so when I come out, I think the opening line that gets a laugh is, oh, I'm the comedian that you go to the bathroom during. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no one knows who I am. He's like Ron Funches, Taylor Thomas, and these people had specials out. I was completely unknown, at least in my mind. And it gets a laugh, And but you saw what, what was behind that mm-hmm. of, oh, I know what you're doing. It's a defense thing. And I that would have never I would have never changed that behavior unless you said that because it still gets a laugh. So it's like, yeah, we'll keep it. And I'm protecting myself. It's like the eight mile thing of like he would make fun of himself. So by the time it was the other guys turned to rap battle, uh, they had nothing to say about him. And right. he did rap battle me backstage, which I was did. awkward. I kept wanting to challenge everyone on tour to a rap battle. Yeah. Um and <laughs> it was a mistake. Yeah. Because my whole style is very early eighties. I'm Conan O'Brien and I'm here to say yeah. um I'm the best rapper in the USA. And then usually it trails out right after that. <laughs> Um, yeah, we'd keep the cadence, but it wouldn't rhyme. You really struggled what rhymes with models. Yeah. And we were like, it's bottles, it's yeah. bottles. I struggled like, with that. And I, I bought what I thought was a Kangol cap, yeah. but it was just a small sailor's cap. <laughs> and that also hurt. That I, hurt. I, um, so I, I learned eventually, stop, yeah. stop challenging people. Yeah. Uh, to rap paddles. But that was the first, <laughs> I think that was might have been the first real conversation I had with you because I don't know, you probably have people like this in your life. If you grow up watching someone and you are the only one, I think it also secretly recorded the OC because mm-hmm. they did sex on the show. And I was like, ooh, my I chemicals. <laughs> and I wasn't getting sex from your show. So what are you talking about? My show was my show was was liquid sex. Um, <laughs> growling at Heather Graham. I'm like, even, even as a homeschool religious kid, I was like, that's lame. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so you have these people in your head that, that are just TV chemicals. people. They, they carry so much weight in mm-hmm. your head. So even right. uh, even doing that rooftop show, I mean, maybe it was sun poisoning, being at the top of that roof, but I couldn't hear my own voice. It was just like shell shock, like the scene in Saving Private Ryan where where he stands up and he's just looking around. It's chaos. You, you meant so much to me in my life. I went up on that roof and I was on that roof for 20 minutes. I had to be taken to the hospital immediately because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I burst into flames. I don't know. You guys, yeah. you guys were up there the whole time. whole time. I think it was illegal for us to, to put you on that roof. <laughs> oh yeah. There was so many soft spots on that roof. I'm sorry. There's so many things I'm that sorry. gave. It was like stepping on a loaf of bread. Yeah. But <laughs> we were told initially that you might, it's possible, don't get your hopes up. It's the pre-show. He's got a lot to do. It's possible he might come up for two minutes just to solidify like, hey, my name's on this thing and you guys are gonna keep throwing to clips. But we were blown away and I had so much trouble sleeping that each night was just so excited because you would stay up there for, for 20 minutes. It was fun. But, but, I, but, uh, I have yeah. to, but, but you know, you've worked your ass off for years. You've worked really hard. You're very talented, but I've always said to people, talent is less interesting to me. There's plenty of people that have talent it's what do you do with it? And you have worked very hard and you're a person of real character. And so you have made this happen and then you've told your story. And I think what you're reacting to right now is one of the most magical things in life is talking about something that was painful for you 
and a room full of people, it brings up a room full of people, a lot of joy and they laugh and they applaud and you feel better. And then someone hands you a check. You're like, what the, how does, what is this? What is this? Yeah. This was never, I mean, this wasn't even really the plan. I don't know, uh, this, I had to do this. This is a, I think a lot of people don't realize it. Most people who do comedy, it's a compulsion. They have to do it. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, in my head, I would work at, uh, I was like, oh, I kind of like the industry. So I'd probably be a PA, and be an office PA. And then at night I would I would do stand-up or if it was Taco Bell and I would do stand-up at night. But the plan was never like, this is what I'm going to monetize. This is going to be a job. And so the whole special is trying to get to that point, And the whole special is supposed to be a grift, meaning the true way to show forgiveness to my mom is is not just say, I forgive you. It's like, oh, I'm going to use all the tools that you used and essentially grift people into into connecting with this special. I right. say it's not a TED Talk, and then the very next sentence, pull out a PowerPoint yep, remote yep, and yep. start talking about uh, essentially what would be in a TED Talk. And that's something I learned from her. You say the grift before you do it. So we would call into radio stations around the holidays and lie and say that our house burned down. So we could get gifts. Oh, my God. I know. Um, so, but she would say that. She's like, I know a lot of people take advantage of you um, on these shows, and it's not the truth. I just want to say that I, we just support your show, and you've gotten us through a really tough time because right. our house just burned down. And, uh, yeah, so that's something they that learned from her. So all the tools in here and just how crafty she is with people, how charming, and that go-getter attitude, uh, all the, the set is is uh, is trash from the streets of Los Angeles mm-hmm. that that's how we survived is we would go through people's garbage for stuff and uh, yeah it was insane how much I used of of her of like well thank you for these yeah. tools yeah yeah well it I think one of the things that really comes through is how cathartic it is how this is a labor of love and it's so funny. There are so many stories from your romantic misadventures and from, yeah. uh, you know, all kinds of stuff. It's not that, that, but I can tell that it's healing. It's to me, that's the ultimate magic of comedy is that every now and then it's healing the people who are hearing it, but it's also healing the person who's performing it. Everybody wins. It's one of the few times in nature, yeah. like everything in physics, nature always tells you like something has to lose, you know, to, to, for energy to be over here, you have to lose energy over there. And I think the one thing that disproves that to me, the one exception in nature is um, when someone's getting real joy out of performing comedy and making other people laugh too. So, Do you think I'm, there's any danger to that though? In like a healthy way? I think the lockdown was very hard and that I didn't have that outlet. Right. I do, I do get scared sometimes that if that went away, I wouldn't. I, I, I feel like it's payment for the past of like all those things happened because I was able to transmute it into this. Right, right. But um, I, yeah, I don't, I can't help but have it in my, the back of my mind of wondering if that is in fact actually a healthy thing. I would leave that to people listening because I have the worst perspective on it. And um, I do know that I've been in a funk lately and it's because I'm between projects I mean, someone the other day, I was talking to Paula Davis, uh, who has been with me for 28 years. I was talking to her yesterday and she said, how are you doing? Because I've been talking to her lately. And I said, yeah, I'm still in a funk. And she said, you know, you haven't been in front of an audience in a long time. And you were in front of audiences every day, five days a week for 28 years. And now you're not. And I went, oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I didn't realize. And I'm, you know, people sometimes misunderstand and think I'm a smart person. And in many ways, I'm not a smart, I, I, I will miss the most obvious thing in the world. And I just, uh, I thought, yeah, I got to cope between COVID and between my particular situation of being, be- you know, between um, gigs that involve an audience. Yeah, uh, It is, that's probably something that was helping me a lot. Um, that was medicine for me, was to get out in front of people 
And even before the show started, if I was just screwing around with the audience or in the commercial break, screwing around with the audience, that was just yeah. a salve. And uh, it's a reset. You could do it with the flu because you, yeah, you instantly feel better. I mean, much to Kantu's ire, I was doing shows even in the lockdown just because I knew I needed that yeah. to survive. Even bad situations where you're doing an outdoor show. Uh, for cars, you're performing for a bunch of Kia Sorentos. Even that was just like that feeling is is a reset, and it makes everything else that feels so unbearable sometimes just a little bit tolerable. I've to talked to so many comedians that during lockdown performed for drive-in shows where people, and they said the audience would would flash their lights and hit their horns instead of applause. Yeah, and I thought that is so bizarre. But I would, and I did not have that experience. I was doing shows over Zoom, but I was thinking, wow. I could see that almost feeling as good that, you know, that a car horn is going off. I get a lot of something. Yeah. Uh, And I could say no, because you've only, (laughs) you've only heard the honk in the context of fuck you idiot move. Yeah. Oh, I see. And it's hard to reprogram your brain to say a warning sound. It's like, oh, you know what I get off on? I can't come unless I hear an amber alert. (laughs) You can't, (laughs) you can't put... That oh, Jesus. Sound. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, oh, too man. much about me. But uh, right, yeah, no, it never you, felt the same. You're it never going to. Yeah, you can't. You, <laughs> you can't replace the joyous sound of laughter with the sound that you associate with. I just took a left on red. Yeah. And almost killed somebody. And um, now I'm going to reprogram my brain. Because so it's such a conscious choice and laughter is supposed to be the spontaneous thing. I'm right. like, oh, you trick the chemicals in this person's brain and you surprise them. So they're like, hee hee ha ha. And the honk is too, it's, I don't know, it's too formal. Well, I loved your special and uh, it's funny. I'm, I'm, I feel like a, either a much, much, much older brother or a pseudo dad figure or something. But I, I take a lot of uh, pride in, in you as a person and an artist and Trash White is on HBO Max uh, right now. And as you say, the response has been really tremendous and I like it. My favorite story is nice thing happens to nice person who deserves it. And so thank you for being a really good friend and for um, letting me be associated with you because <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was you're saying, doing. I, I think you're doing you're doing me more good than I'm doing you. Everything so you said, you. I take as fact. I mean, you, uh, I would say a, a father figure in my life, which is uh, I, I find that. Can we go with? Can we go with older brother? I think grandpa. No, I think grandpa. older brother. It's not that. No, I'm grandpa. just a brother that. Grandpa. I'm a, no, no, no. I'm a brother that just happens to be 55 <laughs> yeah. years older than you. <laughs> yeah, but different marriage. Uh, uh, no, no, no. That's the sick thing. Same, same. same. Oh. Big, big gap. Big gap in her life. You were born when mom yeah. was 78 <laughs> through a series of weird experiments. But uh, it, when I think about all the times that I got lucky, a lot of them had to do uh, with you. Uh-huh. And even when I was a kid and we were going through the worst shit that I can't even say on that special, watching your show and how much work you put into that and your humor – uh, it, it it made it a lot easier. So well, thank we, you for that. And we both for we both we both win. And uh, thank you, Moses. And uh, I look forward to hanging out with you probably sometime in the next three days. Yeah, you're not gonna. I'm no, not, no, no, absolutely. Yeah, we're circling different projects, but yeah. No, no, I'm gonna show up. Okay, <laughs> all right. I'm gonna show it. Okay. <laughs> when you guys least want to see me, <laughs> I, I tend to do that. <laughs> This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all sometimes have issues or things we need to talk about, get off our chest. I have that all the time. Don't you, Sona? I do. Yeah, and we need people to talk to. And we carry around different stressors. We carry big stressors. We carry small stressors. Uh, I was raised in a culture where you're supposed to kind of bottle it up, and I've learned over time that that's not the best thing to do. If you do let things rattle around in there for a while without talking it out, it can affect your life very negatively. Well, therapy is a safe space where you can get things off your chest, figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. BetterHelp's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. A lot of people have a barrier towards getting therapy because they think, well, I don't know, I've got to find the person, talk to them. What if I? it's not a good match? I, then it's awkward. None of that. You just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and then you switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. 
So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Conan today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Conan. Come on, if most people are being honest... No one really knows what you do for work, right? Yeah, it's true. Yeah, especially if you're in a, what I like to call B2B. Oh, you know? what, what is that? I'll explain. Okay. That's a business doing business with other businesses. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I call it B2B. It's a little thing. It's also, uh, it's a boy band I'm working on. <laughs> anyway, fortunately, LinkedIn has a network of professionals who get what you do, and you can reach the right people who matter most to your company because they're LinkedIn. Yeah. That's what they do. LinkedIn has over, this is the fun part to say, one billion members. Are you serious? Yeah. That's not, that's more people than are on earth because there are people on the moon using it and Saturn. (laughs) (laughs) That's one over 1 billion members on its platform, including 70 million decision makers. God, I'd like to meet a decision maker. Since LinkedIn members are regularly updating their work history, you can precisely build a target audience by job title, industry, company, and more. Man, you can reach the right people for your, I'm going to say it again, B2B business with LinkedIn ads. Yeah. Gets even better because LinkedIn will give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Hmm. There you go. Just go to linkedin.com slash Team Coco to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash Team Coco. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. I do have Christmas presents for you guys that are related to the show. If you want. What? <laughs> what do you mean? Really? Yeah, hold on one second. Let me drop them off. Oh, okay. Should we talk while Sam is getting these? Or Our engineer, wait? Sam, just alerted us that he had presents for us. By the way, when this airs, it'll probably be mid to late January. Yes, they're from me. Matt, I will oh. mail you yours. Uh, I got an ad around Christmas time from a store on Etsy that I'd used before, and the email made me laugh so hard. It's, it said, do you have a beautiful name? Have it engraved on an ornament, which made me laugh because it implied I would have my own name made on an ornament like a psychopath it didn't say like do you does a loved one have a beautiful name <laughs> so it made me laugh and then i thought of the most beautiful name i could think of and i had these made merry christmas guys hey oh that's so nice katakai oh look at that, look at that. that's beautiful i think they're supposed to be oh, baby that's names nice isn't that beautiful oh. katakai well i haven't mentioned this but we named our daughter katakai katakai as you made her <laughs> Katakai, as God made <laughs> this it. This is so cool. It's Thanks, really cool. Katakai. Thank you, Sam. That's Merry really Christmas. pretty. Sorry, it's mid-January. Yeah. I know. Uh, I still, I have, I for crinkling have to. You know what? There's no, there's really no reason why a Christmas gift needs to be given at Christmas. Armenian Christmas. No, yeah. I, even Armenian Christmas. When is Armenian Christmas? It's it like, was January 6th. Yeah. Oh. Is that just why? Are they just being difficult? It's the Orthodox Christmas. What do you mean? Are we just being difficult? Just have it on the. How hard is it to move it to the twenty fifth? A lot of people celebrate it on January sixth. You can't say, "Oh, are you?" There's an entire culture celebrate on a different day just to be difficult. No, I realize that could come across as insensitive. Yeah, you think? (laughs) Um, I just think, how hard would it be to just slide it? It's a couple of days. Not us. We well, do it on the 26th. Why can't you push it to January 6th? Because everyone does it on the 25th. Yeah, but just oh, push the, it. Oh, I'm the Irish. The Irish like to have it on March 9th. <laughs> and we the tree has to be upside down. Oh, and God. it has to be shooting Guinness out, out the bottom of it. <laughs> um, yeah. Well, this is a good time to say Merry Christmas, you two. Uh, oh, for God's sake. It's, what is it now? It's late January. Uh, no, we're not. Uh, you know, I do, I work so hard to give, make this an evergreen show to not have it be like date a Christmas specific. Tree? Excuse me, what'd you say? Like a Christmas tree? Evergreen. evergreen? God. I like these to be always fresh. People can hear them at any time. Why can't people hear them and be like, oh, they recorded this around Christmas? Because like, we did Why is that? That's okay. I want it to constantly be a mystery. I want my movements and motions to be a mystery. Come on. I yeah, want I people to never know where I am. I'm like Saddam Hussein. I've got doubles out there, triples. I want people to never know what's Conan up to. I don't like it when we're specific about when we're recording or where we're recording. You're the most easily recognizable person I know. Like, yeah, also, you're it's not... 134 on January 11th. 
Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend with Conan O'Brien, Sona Movsesian, and Matt Gorley. Produced by me, Matt Gorley. Executive produced by Adam Sachs, Joanna Solitaroff, and Jeff Ross at Team Coco, and Colin Anderson and Cody Fisher at Earwolf. Theme song by The White Stripes. Incidental music by Jimmy Vivino. Take it away, Jimmy. Our supervising producer is Aaron Blair, and our associate talent producer is Jennifer Samples. Engineering by Will Beckton. Talent booking by Paula Davis, Gina Batista, and Britt Kahn. You can rate and review this show on Apple Podcasts, and you might find your review read on a future episode. Got a question for Conan? Call the Team Coco hotline at 323-451-2821 and leave a message. It, too, could be featured on a future episode. And if you haven't already, please subscribe to Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Emmy Award-winning John Mulaney presents Everybody's in L.A., a special run of six live episodes created by and starring Mulaney that'll stream live on Netflix during the Netflix is a Joke Fest. The comically unconventional show will feature special guests where John Mulaney explores the city of Los Angeles during a week when every funny person is in it. Watch John Mulaney Presents Everybody's in L.A., debuting May 3rd live at 7 p.m. Pacific Time, only on Netflix.